am Becky Harmon, author and worker bee here at the Bella Books Warehouse in Tallahassee, Florida. Bella Books is proud to be the largest lesbian-owned press devoted to the publication of books written for, by, and about women-loving women. Welcome to our What's New at Bella podcast. With me today is Bella Books author Jamie Clevenger. Jamie's first book, The Unknown Mile, was published with Bella in 2009. Her 13th and latest book, Just One Reason, released this month, July 2020. Jamie Clevenger lives with her wife, two kids, two cats, and a dog in Colorado. She spends her days working as a veterinarian and playing with her family. Did you grow up in California? Yeah, I was born in the area, San Francisco area, and my family's been there in, on both sides for five generations, so wow. in the San Francisco area. And I never thought I'd leave, honestly. I thought I was going to stay in San Francisco or around that area. I really love Santa Cruz, which is about an hour and a half south of San Francisco, and thought for sure I'd lived there my whole life. But then I met Karina, and when we first met, basically she said, I, you know, I want to be a professor, and wherever I get a job, that's where I'm going. And so I knew that there was a very good chance I wasn't going to be staying in California. And the world was open, we could have ended up in some places a lot worse than Colorado. So <laughs> Colorado is actually really nice. It took me a while to come to terms with the fact that it wasn't the San Francisco Bay Area and that we'd moved to a much more conservative place. But it's a beautiful city and the mountains are gorgeous. The weather's really nice. It's taken me a while but I actually like it here. I do miss California and so many things about it, but it's not bad here. Where did you go to school? Where did you go to for veterinary? Um, so I went to college at Berkeley, and then after after that, I transferred to UC Davis for vet and graduated from vet school, and then afterwards did a master's in public health at the medical school there. Wow. You have two daughters. Yeah, my youngest is seven, and my oldest just turns 11 next week. Wow. Almost her birthday. I can't believe it. I can't believe I've been a parent for 11 years, but why now? Changes your world. How many, your practice, you have multiple vets there, right? You're not the only doctor? Right, and I'm technically part-time. I work about 36 hours a week, so it doesn't feel like part-time. That's not part-time. I, I know, yeah. It's 312, 312-hour days. Um, the, um, but it's a big practice. Um, there's, well, I say it's a medium technically. It's five doctors, and you know, it's 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 a real good job. I love it. I have nothing nothing bad to say, but my passion, honestly, is with writing. If I That's if great. I had to give up one, it would be a hard pick. But you know, one pays the bills and one makes me happy. I know you posted on Facebook once about um, a client that recognize or that knew you wrote books. So are you? I'm sure that that you guys are out, right? In, at your practice. Oh, for sure. But I well, I, I'm for sure out being gay, and you know, I um, I don't. It doesn't come up very much when you're a veterinarian. Like most people don't care who you're kissing when you're a veterinarian. Yeah, they want to talk about their dog. But you know, um, funny enough, kids come up more often. So um, you know, the conversation of, you know, do you have kids or you know, what? How did you handle this when you had kids and stuff like that? 
So um, I end up talking more about my kids than about my partner. And I think that's part of when you become a parent, sometimes things shift and what you feel is more important to your identity changes. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, me being a parent is is just as important as me being queer and just as, you know, so it's, it's, it's interesting, I guess. Um, but for sure, I'm out at my job, but I don't talk routinely about my writing. I try to keep those two worlds separate. Uh, not I don't know why, because partly it's hard to imagine somebody, you know, reading about the sex you've written. If if I didn't write sex, I think I'd feel differently if it was just straight up romance. Right. But uh, (laughs) I just can't imagine recommending my books to a client knowing what they're going to be reading. It's one thing if they come to it on their own. Right. And then they and then they say, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I really enjoyed this. I didn't, you know, didn't expect or whatever. Um, but if I, yeah, I can't get over the hurdle of recommending my books and knowing that they might be uncomfortable reading the sex or that they're thinking about you when they're reading the sex. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't know people would do, but people do. I had no idea that people would did that. I had a friend of mine who's like, oh, I read your book. I really liked it, but I skipped the sex scenes. And I'm like, oh, why'd you skip the sex scenes? And she's like, because the only thing I could think about was you naked. I'm like, ah, why? I know. It made me realize, you know, people people assume when you're a writer, people assume that what you write is either A, what you want to be real, or B, what is your reality. And I think they have trouble separating out. Like, this is not my reality. <laughs> I write this stuff, but these people are not me. Every book is not based on you and your wife. Or right. you, you said partner earlier, but you guys are married, right? Yeah, we are. Okay. Honestly, you know, I just, I have, um, I don't feel super comfortable with the term wife. Um, so I, usually, I just prefer partner. I feel like, I don't know. I know that, that people go back and forth on this one, but I like the feeling of being equal. And partner just feels so like there's wife is so loaded and it it to me, you know, my my fifteen year old feminist self still rejects the word wife. Like it's it just doesn't feel right to me. I want I want my partner to be my equal, but it is especially important to use those terms when you're living in a conservative city and when other people um may not recognize that you are out and need to see other out people so I mean I always tell people it's not about the conservative folks it's about the folks who need to know that I'm queer so that they can feel more comfortable being queer themselves right and so sometimes I will switch back and use the word wife just if I want to make sure people understand hey you can be you can be comfortable around me it's okay you know we're all yeah we're all open we're all out about it um, so I will switch back and forth, but I do much prefer the word partner. Animals, I know recently you got a whole batch of kittens, and you've managed to get rid of most of them. Ah, uh, yeah. So we foster every year um, multiple litters, honestly, unfortunately, because folks don't spay and neuter. Um, and we do kittens and puppies, but I'm usually very good about 
making sure all the fosters go to forever homes that aren't ours. Um, <laughs> but this year we failed. Um, so two of our foster kittens are still with us, two little boys, and they run this house. They're so much fun. Um, and I was really only, when one of my kids, you know, bald and bald and bald to keep this one. And I'm like, okay, okay, we'll keep just one. And I was, I was sticking by it and I was so solid that we were only <laughs> going to keep one. And then Karina, my partner, is like, but what about this one? I'm like, no. <laughs> and so then we ended up with two because I cannot say no to that lady. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think there's any doubt anybody that follows you on Facebook that um, she is the love of your life and that, that, and that goes both ways. And I think that's one thing that makes me love you guys so much is that that love and respect we've been together 17 years I really truly am so happy and she's one of those people where I look at her and I still can't believe it's true that we're together and that I get to sleep with her at night I honestly (laughs) just love her but I also appreciate that there's something to be said about every relationship and I I am I never really was a person that believed in happy ever afters because I always thought that you know each person comes into your life for a reason and they may not stay there 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 may be a really important event or period of time that you go through with that person that you share but then you move on and that's kind of how I always thought life would be but now I realize that you go can also go the other direction and go through changes and go through life with just one person and it's as cheesy as it sounds, it's it's really beautiful thing to watch someone change and grow and to be by their side and to see them develop into a stronger person and smarter person and a more beautiful person and you're there for it. It's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you really do have a beautiful family. Um your girls are are beautiful, both of them. Yeah, I'm super lucky. Yeah. And since we talked on the cats and the kids, I know you have a dog. I do. I have a golden retriever who's the best dog ever. And I know everybody says that, but I see a lot of dogs. I have the best dog. (laughs) And, yeah, she was a little rescue pup who was scared of her own shadow. But, you know, she came to the vet clinic with me, and she grew up in the vet clinic. And she is just an awesome little dog. Of your backlist... Do you have a favorite? I don't. Honestly, I don't have a favorite. I think each book has, um, each book, gosh, that's a hard question. When I look back over the books, there's something about each book that I appreciate and that I know I wrote that book for for a specific reason. Um, So, for instance, Moonstone, I have some uh, family issues of substance abuse and, um, have gone through a lot of stuff with family members and kind of the wrenching decision to stop loving somebody until they're past or over something. I mean, you never really stop loving someone, but um, I've watched my brothers have to separate from partners who were uh, too far deep with drugs and alcohol and watched them go through the process of having to break up from someone and Moonstone was um, something that was deeply personal for me in that respect. Um, But 
not a favorite book. So it's one of those things where you can have a story where you're like, ah, that story was really meaningful for me to write. And it was really important for me to write. And I think that for the right person, that story is going to be important. But I don't expect it to be a crowd pleaser. I don't expect Mm. many people to look at that book and say, oh my gosh, that's a great book. Like, no, that's not the point, actually. That point is to discuss something that's hard um, and to go to a hard place and sit with it for a while. Um, And I really appreciate that Bella has allowed me to do that. So not every book that I've written is a perfect happy ever after. Some of them are, and some of them, that was the goal, was just to write a happy ever after, feel good book. And for me, three reasons to say yes was definitely that. Like, I wanted to be happy at the end of the book, and I wanted the characters to end up together. Like, I truly wanted that happy ever after for them. But not every book I've written has been about that. And so I don't have a favorite because each one was trying to get at something different. I had so much fun writing party favors, but... Uh, I appreciate that it's a book that's not for everybody and it's it's hard for people to get into a book where they are the main character it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with they don't really want to be in that position and it's unusual to read so I think for a lot of folks uh, they can't imagine themselves doing the things that happen in that book (laughs) and to me it was so much fun just because I love to torture readers and I love to torture my characters and to make them uncomfortable but also enjoy themselves you know that oh that's so much fun I enjoyed reading aloud in the car because then you get to decide together for for anybody who hasn't picked up party favors it's um choose your own adventure well and you know that's exactly how I intended it I really wanted people to read it aloud. I thought, you know, how much fun would this be to be, you know, almost kind of a way to reignite passion in a way, in, a, in an, you know, an older relationship or just to um, have something fun that you could do. And I think the, the folks that really, truly enjoyed it were the folks that interacted with other people online about the story. And I got a ton of, you know, I got... I made a lot of friends because of the book, because people would be like, oh my gosh, I have never read anything like this. I can't believe you did this. And you made that character wear a Batman costume. I definitely love that part. And so uh, I think those that, that's how that book is really meant to be enjoyed, is out loud and you know, not, not necessarily in a group, but with others, because it's not a solitary sort of journey. Right. I have to tell you, my the book that I'm writing now, one of the characters from Party Favors, um, so Catherine, who's the main party host at Party Favors, I love the character, uh, not because she's likable, but because she isn't likable, <laughs> and she's complicated, and, you know, she's rich, and she's, you know, doesn't really truly think about other people, and she, um, so... I wanted to have her have another party and I wanted her to not get what she wants out of that party. So she's not the main character. Uh, Emily is the main character. And this book um, right now it's called by invitation and it's set in Aspen and it's not a, it's not a first person. It's actually a third person. And so in, not second person either you're not you're not the main character so you don't have to worry in this book unlike party favors 
it's not all about you. Um, so, uh, but Emily uh, has not had sex for five years and she's just gotten out of a relationship where um, basically it wasn't a good relationship. She's finally broken things off, but she really just wants to have sex and get over that hurdle because it's been so long and she's kind of got, she's kind of all up in her head about it. And um, so her friend convinces her to go to the sex party. And the other main character, Alex, at the sex party, um, has been to tons of sex parties, and she's just done with them. And she told the party host, Catherine, she doesn't want to come back. She's, she's done with these things. They're just a bunch of fluff, and she doesn't really want to have sex without having it mean something. So, of course, these two characters fall in love. And so the book is about these two characters, but Catherine is the foil for these characters, because Catherine wants both of them and doesn't get them. Fugitive's Kiss was my decision to write something I wanted to write. Mm -hmm. So to go away from thinking, hey, what's a book that's going to make other people happy? What's a book that, you know, might have an interesting story to tell? With Fugitive's Kiss, I sat down and said, you know what? I only want to write a story to make myself happy, as selfish as that sounds. So Fugitive's Kiss was truly just me having fun. Um, and I, I, I've always loved fantasy. I've always felt like I couldn't do it because fantasy writers were, in my mind, up on a pedestal. And so I don't know why, but that's just how <laughs> I felt. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't think I was going to write this amazing fantasy. I just wanted to write my fantasy. So um, Fugitive's Kiss, I actually started writing when I was 16 years old. Wow. And um, like I said, I grew up on a little farm. And in, <laughs> in my mom's words, I was raised in a barn. So <laughs> but I truly did spend a lot of time in my barn, um, you know, mucking stalls and all that sort of thing. I mean, it was, it was not like the, you know, the glorified version of having horses. It was, it, it was having poop on your feet and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I truly did spend a lot of time sitting on the haystacks and, writing so I would sit up you know I was kind of a lonely depressed teenager so I wrote these fantasy stories in my barn with the background noise of the chickens and the horses and um, so that story I had written the first 40 pages of when I was 16 years old and I always told myself I'm gonna go back and write that story at some point in life not for anybody else but just for me because that's how it started. That was just a story just for me. And I didn't even think I was going to share it with anybody. And I went back and forth on whether or not I would publish it or whether or not I'd even let anyone else read it because I wanted it to be just mine. And so um, I wrote it and then ended up letting Karina, my, my partner, read it. And she was actually nursing our um, our youngest at the time. And so she had a lot of time on her hands. So <laughs> She was, you know, our baby was really, really little when I finished. She was just like a month or two old when I finished writing that story. And so Karina would read it and be like, eh, you got to change this. Eh, you got to change this. <laughs> and because of her input, I was able to start separating it out. And it was no longer just my book. It was something that became kind of our partner project um, because a lot of her input um, strengthened the book. And that's true for every book that I've written. She's really been so helpful, and her feedback has really improved my writing in so many ways. Um, and then after she had read it, um, she actually pushed me to, to, to contact Bella about it and, and see if I could try and get it published. After I wrote that book, I realized I was so happy writing books that 
I wanted to write that I could just keep doing it. What the heck? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it really was a turning point because everything that I wrote after that was something, was a story that I really wanted to write for myself because I wanted to read it. And then when I was in the midst of it, like each time I was excited to sit down and write because it was something I wanted to see what happens next. I can't wait to see what, what these characters do next. It's one of the reasons I wrote this most recent book series that I have that's set at three different tropical locations because I I wanted to be able to go on vacation with my writing. <laughs> and so every time I come home and, you know, after a long, hard day, I want to look forward to sitting down at the computer and being able to escape. So as much as I want to write about that stuff um, and as many amazing, fun stories there are, I also just love to escape to a different reality. I remember your Bella blog. You actually went somewhere, right? You actually took yeah. a trip by yourself? Yeah, so um, I actually came up with the idea to write Three Reasons to Say Yes when I was on vacation with my family because family vacations are just different. It's it's not the same traveling with kids as it is traveling by yourself or with your partner. Um, and the first few <laughs> times I'd gone to Hawaii, I went um, with my partner and it was amazing and romantic and you know there was lots of sex that happened and then we went with the kids and sex didn't happen <laughs> and, and you were you know like you were going to bed at eight o'clock because you were exhausted and it, it was fun but it was a different sort of fun and so I wanted to write a book that kind of captured that and how different romance is when there's kids involved but I also wanted to to be able to be on vacation so <laughs> I took my characters to Hawaii and then the second book I wanted them to go somewhere fun and different and so I planned a trip to Mexico so that I could have an excuse both to go to Mexico <laughs> but also have a new fun place to go on vacation and that was great I actually went by myself um, and just for four days and I planned out my trip just minimally honestly, because I was super busy at the time. And so I booked the trip and booked where I was going to stay, but didn't think about anything else. And just when I got there, I talked to someone at the place where I was staying and I'm like, I'd like to have an activity every day. And so they gave me something to do every day. It was like, okay, you're going to be scuba diving. You're going to go to Tulum on the ruins. You're going to ride a scooter around the island. And so it was like these things. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> so I went and I did these things. I had I had done no research. I hadn't like, I hadn't done any homework on it, and then was just able to jump in and do these activities. I did get lost <laughs> on my scooter, and it's just it's just an island. It just goes around one direction, <laughs> but I still managed to get lost. Um, but it was a super fun trip, and then it, coming home and being able to write it, it felt like I was going on vacation all over again. Yeah. And the third one that releases this month in July 2020? Yep, just one reason. And that one, you know, I had really anticipated I was going to write it about Costa Rica um, because I've been to Costa Rica a couple times and love it there. And it's just a beautiful place with beautiful people. And there's so much to say about it. But when I thought about it, I really wanted, I wanted to touch on the fact that these tropical locations and falling in love in these beautiful places, there's more to it than that. 
And I wanted this paradise to be not a tropical paradise, but to be a paradise for the characters. So this paradise is, it is at a beach location. It is somewhere pretty, but it's in California and it's cold and (laughs) foggy. And, you know, no one's really wearing bikinis, but they fall in love because it's their paradise. And they realize that's where they want to spend their life. And so I didn't want it to be a holiday. I wanted it to be, to kind of end on, hey, let's make this our paradise here. That's cool. Where can folks reach out to you at? I know you're on Facebook. Yeah, uh, Facebook is definitely the easy way, easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, I don't, you know, I tried Twitter, but I felt like I was in a playground and people were shouting around me. <laughs> I think for extroverts, it might be a better fit than for us introverts. Um, but uh, Facebook is pretty surefire way to, to catch me, or you can always email me jcdvm at yahoo.com and I love connecting with readers I like how the rhythm of the wheels against the road quickens with my heart I don't want to drive slow So that's it for us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you'll share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know who I'm chatting with. You can share your likes and dislikes of this podcast by reaching out to Becky at bellabooks.com. We are rushing forward. I'll take you. I'll take you anywhere. Bella Books is proud to provide books where the woman always wins and the story lingers in our minds long after the last words. Special thanks to singer-songwriter and Bella Books author Jamie Anderson for the use of her song Drive All Night during this podcast. You can find out more information about Jamie, including a link to her YouTube channel at jamieanderson.com. All night. Drive.